Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday night. It is May 17th. We're inching that much closer to summertime, Memorial Day weekend. And it's Tuesday night, which means it's time for an episode of What's the Hat Say? Building the Broncos. Uh, I am Nick Kendall and joined by on all these Tuesday evening shows, Carl Dummler out there in Kansas. Carl, how you doing? Good to see you. And uh, welcome in. Welcome back. Well, thanks, man. You know, uh, it's just the usual out here in Kansas. We always got to talk a little weather. Mm -hmm. Right before the show, my phone starts beeping of tornado hail winds so if you guys see me like take off running or like the whole screen just goes black you guys know what's happened but uh you know i'm willing to i'm willing to chance it to be here with you guys here today man i don't think we're in kansas anymore you you could have worked that one in oh oh, man i know sorry us kansas people like hate hearing that because you hear it everywhere you go anytime you say you're from kansas you're like oh i'm not from kansas anymore huh you know yeah that's stupid stuff but um, but no, it, it's good to be here with you guys. Good to get to talk some Bronco football. Good to have you back, man. And yeah. uh, I guess I subbed for you on yes. Saturday. Yeah, that's yep. right. So made it back. Um, I flew across country. I sat. Carl, I want to hear your thought on this, especially being a father with uh, multiple kids now. Um, flight back from Chicago to Seattle, you know, four and a half hour flight or something like that. Um, parents, family of five, five girls, probably ages, I would say seventh grade to second grade. Okay. Um, all named after flowers. Uh, one of them was Lily. One of them was Rose. One of them was like chrysanthemum. Shit, you not all this stuff. <laughs> Parents sitting up in the uh, first class and uh, five daughters sitting around me and uh, having no sleep on my flight because they're kicking the chair and you know, throwing stuff at each other and playing games and screaming and elbowing each other. So uh, the thoughts on uh, dumping the kids and the parents sitting in first class. It's cruel, but I understand it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't put other passengers. I'd feel bad for putting passengers through that. But if you can get through that and you say, eh, they'll figure it out. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I would feel really bad for doing something like that. I, I wouldn't do it. Well, I'm sure they were lovely, lovely. They seemed like good, good girls, but, uh, my God, I'm so tired. I really hope to sleep on that. Um, but uh, not sleeping today. Dylan Von Ark's coming in supporting us saying, Sup, Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, following Sloth is in the house saying, Hello, Broncos country. Hope everyone is doing great. Still catching up on sleep from this weekend because I couldn't sleep on my flight, but I'm doing fine regardless. Uh, we got Tyler Rogers in the house saying, Met a Bronco fan today. Awesome. Well, good to hear. <laughs> they are kind of hard to find in my area, and I swear we have the smartest fans. Uh, well, l- let us know, I guess. You don't have to, but let us know where it's at. And yeah, Broncos country, you do find a lot of very intelligent fans. But that being said, maybe this is a negative of being popular again and things coming back around with the Broncos getting, you know, the star rising once again, going to be more fair weather fans. Not maybe you lose some of the, you know, hardcore intelligent fans. Like when you come across like, let's say, gosh, a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, typically they know their things because like <laughs> they have to be in love with the team uh, to go through that level of right. misery and incompetence year after year. So, uh, but yes, Denver Broncos fans, 
very intelligent student of uh, the game, known it for a while. So do you see many uh, Bronco fans there in Kansas, Carl? I feel like you're probably more Chiefs country. Well, it, I would say it's about 70-30 where I'm at. Okay. You go about an hour west of here, and that's where you start seeing the line where it's more Bronco fans than Chief fans. Yeah. And it's right there at the Colorado-Kansas state line. Um, but, yeah, right here, more Chiefs fans. I've had my Bronco rock that I have in front of my house stolen a few times. Um, I, I've had to put my Bronco flag in my basement because I know if I fly it in the in the town, it's gone pretty quick. But not because of the wind, unfortunately. Well, just about as intelligent as the wind, I'm sure. Um, but uh, Tyler Rogers, thank you so much for coming in today. We also got Billy Holman saying hello, Broncos country. Hello to you, Billy. Hope you're doing well. Mike S down there rocking his Alabama stuff saying what's up, Broncos country. Mike, how's Alabama going to do this year? They, they're probably the odds on favorite, but uh, the they... Georgia team still looking pretty good. I mean, I have to lean with the quarterback, right? I know they have Bryce Young, Stenson Bennett. I mean, God bless him, but uh, that's not a uh, <laughs> that's not really a big time quarterback. He didn't graduate, did he? I don't even if you're not a draft eligible or a good enough quarterback to be drafted, I don't care. I'm not watching unless you're a Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. And Georgia lost half their defense yeah. to the draft. So they're probably not going to be quite as good as they were. Yeah. And Ohio state will be good again, but I think I saw kind of an early poll and mm-hmm. Alabama was definitely ranked number one. Makes sense, man. What's happened with Clemson? I feel like Clemson has fallen down really quickly here. Uh, lose, I guess, when you go you know, Watson and uh, Trevor Lawrence for all those years and then go to DJ Ugalele, who piped up, but not very good last mm-hmm. year. So we'll see. I'm excited, excited for college football. It's going to get here pretty close. Michael's got me excited, too, but even though he's calling you out, saying, Carl, my man, what's up, Broncos country? We're winning Super Bowl this year. Book it. Anybody that doesn't think we have the best quarterback in the division is nuts. Watching film with Peyton Manning, it's over. What do you think here? Best quarterback in the division, uh, Carl? Man, it- it's tough to say that when you've got Mahomes, who's won an MVP, Herbert, who looked like a top five quarterback last year and only looks like he's getting better as, as he transcends in his career. Uh, he's better than Derek Carr. There, there's no yeah. question about that. But I'm interested to see how does he do with Hackett? You know, he's yeah. had kind of more of a defensive minded head coach that kind of wants to run the football, kind of take the ball out of the quarterback's hand. Now he's with the team. Coach is going to say, dude, you're my man. I want to see how that works out and maybe we get to see a whole new Russell Wilson than we've ever seen before. Um, You know, he's still going to be good in the areas that he's been good. I just want to see if he can make some other areas a little bit better. And yeah, him watching film with Peyton. I mean, that's just fun to watch. You you hope that they continue that throughout the off season. Although I don't think Wilson probably needs a whole lot of film work because he just, he's pretty smart guy. I mean, the thing, though, about that is like the game is constantly changing and he's got new weapons and whatnot, too. And he's trying to learn a new offense. So getting somebody like Peyton Manning there to kind of work on stuff that's going on and how the league is changing. Like, I'm I'm morbidly curious, maybe more is the wrong word, but what does the Russell Wilson offense look like combining with uh, Nathaniel Hackett? Because historically speaking for the Seahawks and uh, talking with some smarter folks than my, uh, myself uh, from the X's and O's perspective, all the offenses in Seattle during the Russell Wilson era have started off with a kind of a scheme and an ideology with what the offensive coordinator wants. And it turns into this Russell Wilson style offense. That's not using the middle of the field as much deep shots, broken plays, et cetera, et cetera. So what does it look like? Uh, can they implement the RPOs as much? I, I can't wait. Also, the other thing about Russell Wilson going forward is uh, given that he is such a not greedy, I guess a little greedy with the deep ball, the two high defenses and how these teams are putting you know, an umbrella over the back end of the defense, not giving anything up. What does that look like? Cause it's a new era. I mean, football defensive football has changed a lot over the last yeah. five to six years. You know, we, it's a, it's all a balance and a reaction to the more spread concepts. So 
always an arms race. Uh, I was watching some uh, coaching clinics today. Uh, Kirby Smart there in Georgia talking about um, simulated pressures and whatnot, the way they were kind of switching from a uh, f- five-man front to more of a the four the five technique to the four-eye to protect the linebackers and whatnot and how Alabama's defense dropped back and how you had to account for the spread defense. So it's a trickle up as far as a uh, scheme and everything in football. So trying to learn everything you can. If you, I'm, I don't understand what anybody can do the football stuff that we do, like evaluation, whatnot, not understanding at least a little bit of scheme and where the yeah. game is going as well. So if you get a chance to check out some of those coaching clinics, they're free. They're online. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, right. Jeff noise also in the house. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. Kathy Lund is in the house. I'm sure Kathy uh, dropped a like on the way in. Cause she always does supporting us. Thank you so much, Kathy. She says, Oh, she says, Bleh. Oh, hello, everyone. Hope you all are doing well this evening doing better now and uh, this is when Kathy comes in this is when we have to do our manscaped read but no manscaped read today uh did want to give you guys a shout out uh boss man came in the show beforehand saying hey you guys need to do a better job about telling about our products here over at mile high huddle and i'll pull up the um right here huddleuppod.com get your swag on uh we have a lot of different gear going on there right now and i think on youtube you should be able to see a link underneath that you can click to take us to take you to the channel i myself have three different uh mile high huddle hats here um still waiting on chad to send us that polo uh but the mile high insiders had building the broncos uh the broncos for breakfast also have my coffee mug from broncos for breakfast this morning as well so make sure you guys check out the huddle up pod uh website follow the link there and uh check out the gear because obviously everybody wants the russell wilson stuff but you can rock also with mile high uh mile high huddle carl what do you think any of your favorite things in there well of course i mean i wear the hat everywhere yeah i mean uh this is my, my walking billboard, I, I had one time here in town, actually, somebody saw me in the hat and they just froze and they just stared at me. And they're like, you're the guy from that show, aren't you? And, uh, you know, it's just kind of cool to have that kind of moment. Yeah. And and then he was really quiet because um, he just didn't know what to say in that moment. But yeah. no, I love this hat. My kids steal it all the time. Yeah. I mean, if I don't have my hat, it's because my kids took it and hid it from me because they don't want me to have it. Um, and so I, I think at some point I, I've got to go get them their own. Yeah. Building the Broncos hats because these are pretty darn cool. But uh, there, there's lots more merch. You know, if you've got a baby or you got a family member that has a baby coming up, we've got onesies galore on there. Chad just added a ton of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, just go check it out. Just see if there's anything that kind of sticks out. Some really cool shirts, some really cool hats. Got yourself a mug. Everybody drinks coffee these days or tea, whatever you want to drink, whatever you really want to put or in that cup. Stronger. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to put in there. But yeah. Looks really cool. Make sure you guys are doing that. We got Chase yeah. Wilner saying MHH in the house. Yes, we are here. Also, Luke Wright's in the house. He's saying, what's up, Nick and Carl and go Iowa wrestling. Love it. Uh, David Wilder in the house also giving us the support saying good evening, Carl and Nick and Broncos country. Awesome to see chance coming in saying, wish we got Minshew over the other quarterback. We got way younger too. Uh Gardner Minshew versus Russell Wilson chance. I, uh, you're probably gonna have to go stand alone in the corner with that one. Uh, Minshew is, I, d- I do love the story last year where uh, Minshew went up to Nick Scangarini um, at some point in the season, like said, uh, hey, I want to be the starting quarterback. And he just kind of said, nah, nope, uh, we're going to stick with Jalen Hurts. You're not as good as Jalen Hurts. So that kind of uh, made me laugh a bit. Minshew, fun quarterback. Um, I'm glad that uh, we're not having to debate how good he's going to be in comparison to Russell Wilson. I'll take Russell Wilson. What do you think, Carl? Would you rather have Minshew or Wilson? Well, yeah, Wilson, of course. But yeah. it'd be nice to have him as a backup just because he mm-hmm. does have that starting experience, has pl- hey, played decently. He's one of those guys who won't derail your offense totally. out there. You know, he's not going to turn the ball over like crazy. Uh, so as a backup, you love him. But sometimes I think his big personality almost hurts him from being a backup quarterback. Yeah. You don't want your backup quarterback taking headlines. 
that's that's not what you want. And uh, so I just kind of wonder if that's going to hurt him as his career advances. We got Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, what up, guys? It's my dad, Anthony Rivera's Big 50. Woo. Wow. He was a 49ers fan I brought o- over a long ago. So former 49ers fan, now Bronco fan, I turning like 50 years old. My only question is, have you gotten the tickets yet uh, for a week three uh, Denver versus 49ers Sunday night game homecoming for Kyle Shanahan? Obviously, is it going to be Trey Lance? Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about that 49ers team, man. That offensive line is uh, Alex Mack is what, 82 years old. Uh, they lost Tom Compton. They lost Lincoln Tomlinson. Trent Williams is incredible, but uh, one offensive lineman does not make an offensive line. So we'll be interesting to see how it looks up. Thank you. And also. Shout out to Lawrence Rivera for the support. Lawrence always coming in with the stars on Facebook. Uh, we really appreciate you for that, Lawrence. Getting us the ball, the ball rolling there. Uh, we appreciate that. Dale Fleming coming in also saying evening, Carl, Nick, and Scott. If he's here, Scott, are you here? Not, not here yet. He'll be here soon. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much, Dale. Good to see you. Also, William Israel saying hello from Kansas. Love you guys. There Maybe you it was go. Will who saw you with the building the Broncos hat in Kansas. Could have been. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've ran into a lot of people here in Kansas that listen mm-hmm. to the show. So it's it's really cool to get those connections with people. And yeah, if you're from Kansas, hit me up. Uh, I, I love to make those connections. He's the guy who has monkeys. So uh, this, maybe, <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, Carl, um, but uh, he has monkeys in Kansas. Maybe you know him. I have no idea. Um, and Chance is saying that he wants a uh, Minshew as the backup. Um, okay. Yeah. I would be against that, but you kind of already gave up a lot of capital. I wasn't, if he was a free agent, maybe would have been interested in that, but uh, we'll see how that, how his career plays out. Um, yeah, and uh, Chase coming in here saying, so this is weird, but I keep seeing comments about how Russ looks heavy at the moment. He does look a little bit uh, thicker, I guess is the way to put it. I don't mind it. Um, I'll see what it looks like when the tape comes. Maybe he'll look a little skinnier. Uh, maybe he'll look a little bigger. I don't know. Um, but uh, we'll see how it looks when the tape comes. I mean, again, listen to the coaching clinics today. They were talking about uh, Bill Belichick at the Combine saying he, he's not even looking for the 40 times. He wants to get and see what the defensive linemen's butts look like when they line up to run the 40 yard dash. Cause the bigger, the butt, the better. So uh, definitely uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, he likes his big butts, huh? Confirmed ass yeah. man, um, Bill Belichick. But uh, <laughs> speaking of ass man, Scott's in the house now. Scott, welcome yeah. back. Good to see you, Scott. Um, but yeah, no, Wilson does look heavier. Have you thought this as well? Looking at him, Carl, any thoughts on that? Maybe it's just the, well, uh, the orange is less sw- slimming uh, than the, the lime green. As long as I don't see that the dad bod belly sticking out, I'm okay with it. Like if he's getting himself thick, because obviously he's taken a pretty big beating throughout his career, he needs to be pretty thick to to handle that. I, I hope the Broncos offensive line is obviously improved uh, and helps him to not take as many hits. Obviously I hope the offense itself yeah. makes it where he's getting the ball out quicker. He's not having to do as much kind of improv work out there, making guys miss. But right now I'm not too worried about it. You know, if we get to the preseason game or training camp and that man is running some gassers and he's really huffing and puffing. Yeah, then I might start thinking maybe he spent a little too much time doing some PR than worrying about getting himself in shape. But right now, all the videos I've seen looks like he's out there working out, getting in the time. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Nope. I mean, he's going to have to transition his game eventually anyway. Right. He's probably not going to be a quarterback that's going to age living on the ad lib kind of playability uh, that he has been for a while. Just the natural progression of the age is going to have to become more of a cerebral quarterback. Not that he's not already, um, but probably a little less on the physical tools and athleticism more on timing, intelligence processing. So um, if he's a little bit bigger and he loses a little bit mobility, but it means he can hang in the pocket, take a few more hits, uh, then I'm not against it. It's just, 
evolution. He's going to have to learn adapt or die. Right. As they say, um, David also, yep. Thank you, David coming in saying, uh, Good evening with the stars, MHH for life, hashtag let's ride. Thank you so much. And Scott is here now. So get those stars on. Well, guys, we'll know when they're when they're up and at it. Um, we also have a saying, oh man, another birthday coming in here from our yeah. stars. They're giving us stars. You, you guys, your moms, your parents are the stars. Um, David saying uh, his mom's birthday. Uh, she was not much of a football fan, uh, but she did like the Broncos. So that's awesome as well. Uh, happy birthday to your mom, David. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Oh, today was my late mom's birthday. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, David, That's sorry about your one. loss, man. But um glad you got the time you did with her and um and glad she she liked the Broncos and yeah. obviously carried that on with you. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, uh, shout out to your mama and her late birthday. So uh, definitely that's a it's birthday time, but uh hopefully it's well Mar- uh, May seventeenth. We also got uh Adam Adam Marino coming in here, nineteen dollar, nineteen ninety nine, twenty dollar. Super flashing orange on here saying, hey, guys, uh, was up in Manhattan, Kansas over the weekend, and I was only worried about the weather during my stay. Wishing everyone and Carl to be safe out there. Go Broncos. Yeah, Carl is about to be blown away in a tornado here soon. So uh, hopefully we can wrap this up before the the touchdown. Hopefully these are some of the only touchdowns that are near Kansas this year as well. Uh, but uh, or no touchdowns at all. Actually, let's take that. <laughs> let's yeah. take that back. Uh, how is it really bad right there, Carl? Are you use your power flickering or what's the what does it look like? Well, I just heard the rain just hit the church. And everything's shaking a little bit. So uh, if the lights do start flickering, I, I might have to do a little quick run. And Scott might have to do an impromptu show with you here. But um, right now, it just like I said, just wind and, and rain, nothing too crazy. My my actual last tornado I was in was Manhattan, Kansas, actually. Mm. It skipped over my – it hit about five blocks south of me, jumped over my apartment, and hit north of me. So got really yeah. fortunate there. So – not something to mess around with, but uh, we got sunny days coming in with some thumbs up, some hearts. Thanks, thank you very much for that. Um, yeah. Good colors right there. And Clee getting me. I don't know where Kyle Shanahan was born. I just know that he was a kid tyke running around with uh, Mike Shanahan and followed him around for a bit too, and also interviewed for the Bronco gig and didn't get it. So we'll call it somewhat of a a homecoming. Home is not necessarily your birth birthplace, I would say, um, but. Uh, Moving on here, Andrew Baker with the stars. We appreciate you so much, Andrew. Always coming into the stars, flexing on us, saying, uh, how many wins does Russ have to have this year to validate us trading for him? Well, wins are a team stat, uh, not yeah. really a quarterback stat. I think wins become more of a quarterback stat over, you know, five to ten years, and there is some survival bias to that. You know, like good quarterbacks are going to stick around longer and they're going to accumulate more wins because they are good, right? That's It's that kind of thing. If they weren't good, they would get passed. Even if they were on good rosters, teams can evaluate those players mostly for the, for the most part and move on from them. It's the, you know, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, but he didn't stick around very long after that because, you know, wasn't very good um, compared to good quarterbacks, uh, upper echelon. So how many wins this season? I think the Broncos need to make the playoffs this year to validate the move itself and the capital they gave. And uh, obviously there's, caveat in that that if like there's a serious injury or something happens then you have to shift expectations but uh what i guess you can put a number on that i'd say 10 wins 10 that's that's where i was at 10 wins should get you into the playoffs and even if you have an early exit you still feel pretty good and the fact well i mean broncos haven't made it since 2015 i think the only other team that hasn't made the playoffs longer are the jets if i remember right so yeah, that, that would be a pretty big step in the right direction. You know, that you like to take progressions. That's how teams kind of work. Uh, unless you have kind of a drastic change that makes things, you know, you get a rookie quarterback that comes in and blows the top off. 
that kind of thing. Um, and, and Wilson obviously should take this team to another level. They had seven wins last year. You would hope he's worth three wins himself. Yeah. But schedule's a little tougher. Division's really tough. Uh, you know, I mean, the division just loaded up this year. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. But we got uh, Cody W coming in with the Super Chat saying he's from Dodge City, Kansas. I'm heading that way later this week, maybe. So mm. um, cool town. Always enjoy going down there and doing a little little sightseeing, a little history down there. I'm kind of a history guy and uh, probably no more historic city in Kansas than Dodge City. Yeah. Please still razzing me here. Uh, when did Kyle Shanahan work for the Broncos? Um, he didn't, but he was running around there when he was in high school. I think he went to Cherry Creek. Um, ever seen highlights of that. And I think Kyle Shanahan then went to Texas. Did he play school? at Te- Yeah, because the Chris Sims connection. So uh, been around. That's a good football mind there. Um, no doubt about that. So Dodge City, Kansas. Hello there to Cody W. Thank you for that. Thank you for jumping in. And uh, Carl, I'm going to set this up for you now. Um, you had the topic idea today. So uh, what are we talking about? What's the, what's the main topic now that we're 20 minutes in? Well, pro football focus. They kind of do this every year after kind of most of the off season's over. I mean, we still got a lot of off season. There'll be still a couple other moves that are happening. But for the most part, teams are pretty set on heading into training camp and all those kind of things. Uh, so they, they put out a grade for every team in the NFL, 32 grades. And we're not going to go over all 32 teams because that would take up longer than an hour. And, and we don't want to take up too much of your guys' time here, but, but we thought we'd look at the AFC West today. And I mean, obviously the, the good starting place is the, the Denver Broncos. And uh, they were very favorable they really liked what the Broncos did this offseason, gave them one of their best grades of any team. And, and so how they did it was an overall grade for the offseason. And then they gave kind of a free agency grade and a draft grade. Mm-hmm. And so for the Broncos, their free agency grade, I, I was kind of surprised by this. They put it as above average. Yeah. To me, if you go get a franchise Hall of Fame quarterback, I feel like that's a more than above average. <laughs> yeah, it- what did that, so what did they say? They said a uh, few teams made a bigger, few teams made a bigger move in the off season than the Broncos who finally found a franchise quarterback and Russell Wilson via trade last off season. This roster was an elite quarterback away from contending. And while it isn't quite the same roster, they will be hoping that enough of the important pieces remain so that the same thing is true. Uh, so critically, the Wilson trade didn't cost them any key components of the offense other than tight end Noah Fant. And they have a replacement already in house with Albert Okwebenam. Adding Randy Gregory in free agency also gives them a legitimate pass rusher after trading away Von Miller last season in the draft. Denver at, oh, we'll say that one last. So, uh, yeah, it does surprise me that they gave them just an above average grade for trading Russell Wilson. Um, I do know that I've heard a few times, you know, Mike Renner somewhat uh, question the viability of Russell Wilson being you know, like a top 10, top 15 quarterback. Some of the, I think Sam Monson as well, another guy at Pro Football Focus saying, uh, you know, is Russell Wilson falling? I mean, he's going to have to prove those doubters wrong, right? Some people have to right. say it to believe it. And uh, he's, he's not the flavor du jour anymore. You know, like he's not Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, these exciting new guys. Uh, so I think that Russell Wilson definitely uh, should still be up there. And I agree with you going out there, getting a franchise quarterback, not having to give up Patrick Sertan, not having to give up Draymond Jones, not having to give up Jerry Judy and all these guys, uh, two first round picks. I think that's totally a fine trade uh, mm-hmm. in the end. So giving them above average, Surprising to me. I thought they did better in free agency than almost every team, unless they're not including a trade as part of free agency. Maybe that's maybe that's the caveat. Do you consider free agency the free agent players that you sign versus trading for guys? I guess that maybe could be where they're they're getting at it is 
that factors into the overall grade for the offseason. But like I said, free agency is a little bit different. Maybe that's it. But uh, either way, I mean, I still like the other moves that they made. DJ Jones coming in, helps in their run defense that they've been desperately needing uh, there in the middle. Obviously, bringing back Josie Jewell, nice signing for him. Um, adding to the cornerback group with Kawan Williams. I, I liked a lot of things they did for the defense and then the offensive line. They added some incredible depth with with Compton, with Billy Turner, you know, some guys that have versatility to play across the line. And so they can kind of mix and match and figure out, hey, who are our five best offensive linemen and feel good if one of them goes down. I feel like they they plugged a lot of holes that they were having question marks coming into it. And then bringing back Melvin Gordon. I thought that was another good move. Pretty cheap for the most part, considering a guy that rushed for almost a thousand yards last year. And, and a guy that's going to fit in well, knows the players for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought that was another good move. I, I, every move they've made has made sense for the most part. Yeah, I I would have to give them an A or an above, well above average. Maybe not excellent, maybe an A minus, uh, especially with the Randy Gregory deal coming out after the fact that, oh, he's got to get uh, shoulder surgery. When will he be ready? We don't know. That makes me a little bit concerned. Uh, but overall, I mean, again, getting Russell Wilson giving up only two years worth of first round picks uh, still having a lot of picks this season to make some moves, to move around the board and get uh, some key contributors for this season and going forward uh, most likely. So again, probably an above average grade for me. And then they Bronco, they give the Broncos a B plus for the draft. Um, and they say in the draft, Denver had another pass rush specialist and Nick Benito who owns the best pass rush win rate of any pass rusher in the draft over the last two years, Greg Dulcich adds depth to that tight end room again. And now Denver has to hope that it has the system in place to maximize Wilson. So Denver overall offseason grade an A. Uh, they get an above average for free agency. They get a B plus in the draft. And overall, I mean, one of the better offseasons of any team in football this year. Yeah. And and I know they were they were big Bonito fans over at mm-hmm. PFF. They loved his pass rush ability. And, and so I'm a little surprised they weren't a little bit higher on some of that. But I mean, they might be looking at the entirety of the draft, obviously, and maybe they're going, that was a great move. The rest of them kind of average or below average. But yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, given Broncos and A, when you get yourself a franchise quarterback, when especially the last few years, everybody's been talking. This Broncos roster has been pretty, pretty good minus quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they've added more to this team this year beyond just the quarterback. I mean, Russell Wilson's the highlight, but like I said, they, they've added the right pieces. And they've taken some chances. Randy Gregory is a huge risk. You don't know if he can stay healthy. You don't know if he can stay out of trouble. All those kind of things. You got Bradley Chubb that you're depending on to, to finally be the player that you drafted him to be. Uh, we've got David Wilder saying, I think we had an A minus offseason. I believe it would have been good to address right tackle in the draft. Yeah, it would have been nice to maybe add another body. But at the same time, I don't want to just take a guy just to take a guy either. Yeah, You know, I, I think you got good enough players there right now between Billy Turner, Compton. Um, I, I think one of those two guys can at least be a serviceable right tackle for you this year. I kind of wish they would have gotten a developmental guy that you can give him a year, let him do something. But unfortunately, even the developmental tackles are going really fast in the draft. Yeah. I mean, everybody's looking for him. It's hard to find a great tackle. And if you don't get him early, you don't get him. Yeah, it's just we've said it on this show before. We've said it on Broncos for Breakfast. The actual like requisite body type and athleticism required to play tackle is just there's only, you know, five to ten guys probably every single draft that like really 
fit the parameters you want for an offensive tackle. And there's 64 spots, right? So it makes it even harder. And you're going to have guys that you don't really love, whether it be the arm length or the body disposition or the intelligence or something like that, that is not going to hit every box that uh, you're going to have to take later on. So, and, or not, not ready yet. Um, the developmental guys. So it's definitely tougher. Um, Broncos, the right tackle spot is definitely a question. The interior offensive line, is a question as well. Uh, so that's one you got to watch for the, the Broncos team this year. Uh, I think that interior offensive line is going to be really important as far as being good enough to help the running backs uh, get to the second level and force teams to play cover three, to play uh, base rather than nickel and dime. So going to be really important here. Also, always really important supporting us here. Phil, thank you so much for the stars, Phil. We appreciate you. Uh, says, hello, Nick, Carl, and Scott. Scott is here now, so good call. Um, I'm hoping that Russ starts the season the same way Peyton did in 2013. Beat the Ravens and threw seven touchdown passes. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag let's ride. Well, to be fair, um, the 2013 season for Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning's second season in Denver. And Peyton's first season, I think it was week two, that terrible Falcons game where he threw like four or five interceptions. Scott probably remembers that one. It was like a Sunday night game. Terrible um, on that one. Uh, so maybe it'll take a little bit more time. Granted, Russell Wilson is coming off a finger injury, not spinal <laughs> neck surgery. So um, a little different, but I'll take it. No doubt about that. And we got Lord Deer coming in here saying, am I missing something? Was the Singleton signing nothing? He led the Eagles and tackles two years in a row. Why does this get so little credit? Probably because tackles are, I would call it an overrated stat mm-hmm. in the sense of, I remember, I think it was DJ Williams for the Broncos. He led the team in tackles, but most of his tackles were ha- happening five yards or further down the field. Yeah. That that doesn't help the team. Like, it's great that you got the tackle, but they've picked up five or more yards. And if they're getting that every every play, they're marching down the field scoring touchdowns. And and so that's that's kind of the thing with Singleton is, yeah, he gets a lot of tackles, but is he actually – making the plays that you need him to at the position. Is he actually being able to do coverage because otherwise teams can exploit, exploit him in coverage. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, DJ was a stud. I know Zach Phillips saying that, but again, that, that's why I just said this, the tackle stat is kind of an overrated one. I don't think yeah. it shows whether you're a great linebacker or not. Yep. All good. Uh, that's, I think I'm okay with Alex Singleton. You know, he's not going to be a total difference maker, but you're totally right. It's, sack or not sacks uh tackles are much more of a if the linebacker is out there and you're able to stay healthy then you're probably going to accumulate a good bit of tackles i wish there was a tackle uh stat that was like i'm sure there is somewhere out there they probably have it on our scape or something where you can download the the data set and put it out there but uh tackles over expected where you actually have the tackles where they are in the field gps wise and uh put that over the actual amount of players that are able to make tackles at that spot and kind of see uh, where that falls in line. We have like yards after contact over expected completion percentage over expected can do that with tackles as well. I'm sure. Uh, but not there yet. It's, it's just an overrated statistic really. Um, I think stops is probably a better one. Uh, your run defense grade from pro football focus probably also a little bit more indicative, but uh, he's going to be fine. Uh, I think he's going to get a shot this year, but uh, it would be pretty surprising to me if he wasn't seeing the field outside of injury issues. Like if Josie Jewell gets hurt, if Baron Browning is going to live more as an edge rusher, that's totally a different thing um, than Alex Singleton's taking the field. Also just that speaks more to the lack of talent. I think on the Eagles as well, you know, like, Oh, Drew, Drew, Drew Locke led the Broncos team in touchdown passes a few years ago. Okay. Like doesn't mean he's going to be a great quarterback for the Seahawks. Um, So we'll see how it plays out. Just a kind of a limited player there. And the other thing here that follow the money, what did he get paid? Right. It was like 
one year, 2.5 million or something like that. 1.5 million. If he was a guy who was really thought of highly in the league, he probably would have gotten a much better deal. So fine bringing him in for special teams and whatnot, but I would not be singing his praises or, you know, excited about him taking the field for the Broncos. Right. Depth player. I I like Jeremy's comment. He says Singleton is like having bologna in the fridge. It isn't sexy, but you aren't going to go hungry. You know what? Don't shame my love for bologna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gary Leeds Palmer coming in here saying, good afternoon, Nick, Carl, and Scott. Go Broncos. Let's ride. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate you. Also, Denver Luke saying, I'm on Twitch and YouTube. LOL. Well, thanks, Denver Luke. We appreciate that. Saying hello on both of them. Drop a like in both of them as well. Um, so, Carl, uh, back to the grades here. I'll let kind of Scott peruse the, the chat to see if there's anything that fits here. But uh, how many? So the Broncos got an A grade. How many other teams got A's, do you think? I would guess, I mean, are we talking like A minus is counted as an A? No. Just solid a, a. just solid A. Maybe four other teams? Three other teams. Okay. Three other teams. Can you guess them? I would guess Bengals are one. Yep. Uh just because I mean I, I really liked what they did both draft and free agency. Baltimore? Baltimore's one another one. Yep. Okay. Maybe the Rams? Right no? city, wrong team. Oh, okay. Chargers? Chargers. Okay. Also got an A. So the, there's all your A teams. Unfortunately, all very much teams that uh going to be competing for a, a playoff spot with the Broncos. So uh, a little bit of a bummer there, and I wanted that caveat there. So Broncos, right there in good company, but the uh, Chargers. I kind of want to talk a little bit about the Broncos' AFC rivals as well. Um, so we have the Los Angeles Chargers getting an A as I am scrolling to them. There they are. Off-season grade of an A. Uh, they had a free agency grade of good. Not very good, but just good. So they're better than the Broncos there. Or not better than the Broncos there. And then a draft grade of a B. So the Broncos, even though the Broncos get an A, or the Chargers get an A, Broncos got a very good compared to the Chargers good. And the Chargers got a draft grade of B compared to the Broncos B+. Plus. So I don't know what we're doing here, but if we're looking at the raw total here, I think the Broncos did better than the Chargers. <laughs> I digress. Uh, they say the Chargers have been swinging for the fences since finding Justin Herbert in the draft. Last offseason was about rebuilding an offensive line. This was one thing. This was this one was about giving head coach Brandon Staley the horses he needs on defense. That sounds familiar. That sounds like something I've said about 20 times on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, in came Khalil Mack via trade. Uh, J.C. Jackson, a free agent, along with Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson to anchor the middle of the defense, which was atrocious last year along that defensive line. Uh, in the draft, they grabbed Giant, Zion Johnson to ensure that last season's hard work wasn't under, undone by departures. Johnson posted an 84.4 PFF grade last season, allowing just six total pressures. Picking up Jameer Salier, a guard from Georgia in the sixth round, represents outstanding value for a player who could be uh, could force his way out of the field at some point. Salier started a left tackle for the national champion Georgia Bulldogs, allowing just 12 pressures over the last two seasons combined. He could compete to start at the other guard spot from Johnson as soon as this season. So giving him an A, uh, but not as good as the Broncos. Uh, what do you think about the Chargers here from getting the grade slightly below the Broncos? Well, I mean, yeah, they, they did a, a lot of great things this offseason. And when you have a quarterback that's on a rookie contract, you go all in. If you think this guy is truly a franchise quarterback, this is your window to really take advantage of this. I, I loved mm-hmm. uh, when when the Raiders made the playoffs uh, when Derek Carr was uh, on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. And Raiders fans were like, oh, this is going to last forever. And I said, once he gets paid, that window gets a lot tougher. That That ability to t- compete for championships, good luck with that. And it's been that way since that he's gotten paid. Not saying he's a bad quarterback. It just, it, like I said, you can't take as much risk. 
And so trading for a guy like Khalil Mack hasn't been healthy, but when he is healthy, he's still a force on the field. One of the best run-stopping edges still in football. J.C. Jackson, one of the best cornerbacks in football. Easily a top 10 guy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Joseph Day, another guy. I, we talked about him for the Broncos. We wanted him in Denver yep. and got a little upset that he ended up there. And, you know, adding Zion Johnson in the in the first round, not a sexy pick, but one that makes a lot of sense to protect your quarterback, to protect your asset, to make mm-hmm. him as best as possible. So, again, I, I liked a lot of what they did, and they are going to be a force for sure. It, it would not surprise me if they end up being the best team in the AFC. Yeah, it's a lot like the Broncos. They have a little less newness, uh, con- considering they have a lot of the same guys returning. A lot more, a lot less newness than the Broncos. But probably that team is going to come down to health and just how good Brandon Steely is as a head coach. And uh, Demi Kalis, I think, is D- Demichael is. I can't even remember who the offensive coordinator is um, from the New Orleans Saints since entering year two uh, for the Chargers this year. I wasn't super impressed with him last year trying to use Justin Herbert like Drew Brees. You know, you have a Ferrari and you're driving him like a VW bug. Um, but I digress. Adele also saying that was an apples to oranges comparison comparing Alex to Drew. Uh, you're right. A better comparison would have been Malik Reed leading the Broncos in sacks last year when the Broncos pass rush was atrocious. Um, so that's probably the better one there. I just kind of wanted to tease uh, the Drew Lock stuff, you know, small sample size there. Also the, Eagles not playing many linebackers. So, again, not the best stat there. Um, Chargers, good offseason, but I want to talk about this. Colts also having a very good offseason. I'm surprised the Colts didn't get an A unless they are counter-grading them and kind of holding it against them, the original trade for Carson Wentz two offseasons ago. Like, then it makes sense to not get the Colts uh, a good grade, but getting Matt Ryan for, what was it, a third-round pick, and then also unloading Carson Wentz for what they did. Colts had a pretty good offseason too, man. The AFC is uh, playing a different game than the NFC right now. Speaking of the Colts, though, Chance Davis coming in. Uh, how do you guys think Philip Lindsay does with the Colts? Carl, what do you think? I, I would guess he would maybe be a 500-yard kind of running back this year. Yeah. <clears throat> they already have maybe the best running back in football. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to take that ball away from him very often. And Philip Lindsay can kind of be a little bit of – relief every once in a while, but he's not a third down back. He's not really a special teams helper. And so I, I kind of question a little bit, is he even going to make the roster? That's what I'm saying. Um, God bless Philip Lindsay in those two years that he was in Denver helped a lot. Uh, narrative wise helped a lot. Uh, just fun on the offense. You know, Philip Lindsay made watching the Broncos football game somewhat exciting in a dreadful case. Keenum uh, was he there? The Trevor Simeon era too. I can't even, all those years kind of blend together in just one big vomit. Um, but uh, no, that's, he made those, those two years where he ran for a thousand yards back to back fun. But that being said, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Defenses are changing right now in the NFL and you're seeing a lot less uh, cover three, a lot less single high and more umbrella coverage on the back end, whether that be uh match quarters, whether it be cover two of some sorts or even a cover four. And that means that the running back styles they're getting running backs are getting bigger. Uh, they're getting bigger because they're looking to punish teams that are playing lighter boxes and they're playing teams that are wanting to live in two high safety shells. And Philip Lindsay is not that kind of guy. You know, what is he? Five, eight, one eighty. That's not his style. He's more of a get through the second level and hit a home run. Now it's even harder to hit a home runs with the way teams are playing defenses. So we got your running back to be, a good enough power threat. Sorry, my dog's flipping around his kennel here. Um, a good enough power threat to force opposing defenses to, to adjust, live in a cover three, walk down a safety and fill the gaps. Um, and Lindsay doesn't really do that. The other issue you mentioned on it, he's not a third down back. 
never been a good receiver despite his acceleration and his body type. Um, and also really, really poor, really, really poor pass protector, not really a fault of his own. You know, he does the best he can, um, but being small, when you have a, a free rusher, especially a linebacker coming in at 240 pounds, he's getting engulfed. Um, can't do it. And he's kind of a tell right. in that regard. If he's on the field, you know, that guy isn't being left alone to block because if he is <laughs> good luck, especially with Matt Ryan. So, uh, I'm pulling for Philip Lindsay. I hope he makes the roster for the Colts. I hope he has a great weeks every single week besides week. What is it? Five or four when they play the Broncos. Um, but uh, I think that right now he's third on the depth chart, in my opinion, and he might not even beat out uh, some of these undrafted free agents, such as uh, in, uh, Kathy bringing up here, Max Borgie. Yep. So uh, we'll see. They have a uh, Naheem Hines, who is an incredible uh, pass catching back. And uh, obviously you mentioned it, John, uh, Jonathan Taylor. So, uh, I think it's as likely that he doesn't make the team as he does. Yeah. Which sucks. He's, he's like 15 years too late to the NFL. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, his style, those, those quick backs that could get down the field, like I said, hit those home runs. Teams were loving that. Yeah. It just, you need a guy that can do more, that can be versatile, that can make teams have to wonder, are they passing? Are they running? Is he going to stay in and block? Is he going to get out there and, and catch a pass? What's he going to do? That's such a nice weapon to have in football. And like I said, it just limits when he's on the field, you go, okay, they're going to hand it off to him. If they don't hand it off to him, we don't have to worry about him. <laughs> he's not going to do anything to beat us. And, and I'm not trying to, to down him because like I said, he had some great moments with the Broncos and, and I think he is a good player. I, I think he does play with a lot of heart. And as Jeff noise says, but heart only gets you so far in the NFL. Yep. You know, there's a lot of people that would love to play in the NFL that are not, they're just not good enough. Yep. And uh trap and dirty saying best back in the NFL, Derek Hyde die or something. Um, <laughs> Derek Henry got hurt last year and want to see what it looks like. Derek Henry is incredible. Uh, no doubt about it. I'm not going to argue with it. I also think there's an argument for uh, Nick Chubb being right there in the conversation yeah. with those other guys as well. Um, if you wanted to pick any of those guys to be your number one running back in the NFL, I'm not going to fight you. Honest to God, all right. three. Um, and that's the thing I really, I mean, God, nobody find the receipts on this one, but uh, we did top running backs. Was it five years ago or something? And I was like, oh, yeah, Derrick Henry, not really a great player in the past game. It's all about the past game in today's NFL. I don't value him as much. Stupid, Nick. You're dumb. What an idiot take. Because Derrick Henry, even though he's not a great pass catcher, he's so good on the field that, like we talked about earlier, I don't think Ryan Tannehill has seen a too high safety coverage in his whole career. <laughs> since uh, since joining the Titans, at least. It makes it so much easier for the quarterback uh, with that. So, again, it's not establishing the run. It's having a running back good enough to begin with that the team feels like um, they have to respect the run. So we'll see how it plays out. So keep moving on here uh, about the AFC West. Uh, who do you think that is the next best highest graded team in the AFC West for their offseason, according to pro football Vegas, the, Ra the Raiders or the chiefs? I'd say, I'd say the Raiders actually, I, I think people were pretty upset about some of the, or at least I, I've talked to enough chiefs fans to realize they're pretty upset about what's happened. They're, yeah. they're not liking the direction that their team's taken right now. And Raiders, I, I didn't like some of the moves they made, um, but I liked the signing of Chandler Jones. Uh, I didn't like their draft at all. Yeah. But Devontae like Adams is Dylan a great Parham. player. Dylan yeah. Parham was a good pick. That that was a good one. The rest of them, I, you could throw them away. I, I, I don't think they would be that important. But Devontae Adams, he, he's a great player. Is he worth trading all the capital you did plus adding a contract on top of that? 
I'm not big on paying wide receivers that top dollar, that $30 million a year. That That's yeah. not me. Damn, that's your position. So you're right. Uh, the Raiders got an A minus on the season. Uh, they were the number three t- team in the AFC US, but still A minus was one of the top grades given out. They gave it a lot of season B's as well. So Raiders had a good off season. Um, they got a good grade for free agency and they got a B plus for the draft. And Pro Football Focus wrote uh, the Raiders were in a tough spot this offseason. They suddenly found themselves in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and now Russell Wilson. And even though Derek Carr is a borderline top 10 quarterback, He's probably the fourth best quarterback in the division more often than not in any given year. Probably let's just say, yes, he is. Cause uh, yeah. they're going to argue then it's, it's Russell Wilson. We're not going to live in that world. So definitely <laughs> the fourth uh, best quarterback in the division. So how did they choose to compete by loading up with as many good players as they possibly could? That's a good strategy. PFF. Uh, so, um, the team traded for Devontae Adams, the game's best receiver to start. Adams has had a 92-plus PFF grade in each of the last two seasons while increasing his yards per route run in each of the last six seasons. That's a cool stat. Uh, Chandler Jones was their other big free agent acquisition, adding a player who has a PFF pass rushing grade of at least 87.7 in each of the last two healthy seasons. Healthy may be doing a little bit of a heavy lifting there, but I digress. Uh, Raiders weren't left with a draft pick before the third round, but still managed to come away with Dylan Parham, who could easily start an offensive line that is in desperate need of some help. That offensive line will likely determine how close this Raiders uh, can get to the best team in the NFL this season. It ranked 24th in the league in pass blocking efficiency last season and surrendered 222 pressures as a unit. Woof. Uh, we didn't even tarp on that last week when we were talking about Bucky Brooks saying the Broncos roster isn't that good. Uh, Raiders offensive line is not great either, but they didn't even talk about how bad the back seven is. God, who's Rocky Sin going to man up Cortland Sutton all game? Hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, we, we could talk about that, but you're right. The offensive line to me, especially with Derek Carr, mm-hmm. he is at his best when he has a good offensive line. Yep. Doesn't always need the best weapons to be at his best. Um, uh, you know, when they were having their great seasons, putting up pretty big stats, they had a great run game. Like I said, kept him protected well. He was one of the least sacked quarterbacks during those times. But now that the offensive line has started going downhill, you see Derek Carr, he he sees those ghosts. Mm-hmm. He gets scared. He, he's not one of those guys that can escape the pocket very well. I mean, he's not he's not a statue back there, but he's not great. And I think especially after he broke his leg, yeah. it just really has kind of gotten into his head a little bit. And so you saw him where he wasn't taking quite as many deep shots. Now, when they did have Henry Ruggs, they were taking some of those shots. Obviously, he's gone, never coming back. But you got Waller, still allows you to take some of those shots. So they they do have some great weapons. I'm just interested to see, can their offensive line hold up long enough to actually take advantage of those? I I don't think they're going to be able to hold up, especially against the rest of the AFC West. I still think they're in a clear fourth place in the rest of the division, especially considering they finished second in the division last year. You know, so they got that second place schedule. Good luck. (laughs) Those few games are going to matter. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're talking here. um, We have uh, Zach saying that uh, give Williams 200 carries, please. I think he had nearly 200 carries last year. Um, And, uh, Williams, well, I'm really excited about Javante Williams this season. He's never been a bell cow back himself, so we don't know what that looks like. And you brought in a quality backup running back, brought back uh, Melvin Gordon. The other thing here is that Nathaniel Hackett seems to be a very big believer in the split carry backfield. Uh, the Packers drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round, and then they brought back A.J. Dillon to a big contract as well. And how did those running backs get carries last year? Um, A.J. Dillon had 194 attempts, and... Uh, Aaron Jones had 183. So 
plenty of snaps to go around for those running backs. I think they're going to see, use those guys a good bit. Heck they use the running backs in the past game more than the tight end uh, in green Bay last season. So um, I don't think there's any reason that you have to force uh, Javante Williams to carry the load. And you're going to want Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon to be as fresh as possible come the gauntlet. That is the second half of the season. So, I mean, it is, and it is a gauntlet. So yeah. Javante Williams is the better back. He should, I hopefully he gets 60% of the carries compared to Melvin Gordon getting 40, uh, 60, 40 kind of split. Uh, but I don't think there's any reason to make Williams carry the ball 350 times when he hasn't been a bell cow back since high school. Right. Yeah. I, I'm good with, even early in the season, it being closer to 50-50. In the second half of the season, that's where you start really saying, okay, Javante, it's time for you to take over, buddy. It's time for you to go be the man. Yeah. Uh, just just like you said, you got to kind of build him up to to those games and, and make sure you're, you save him. The, the idea of having Belkel backs that can last four or five, six seasons in a row in the NFL, it, it just it doesn't happen anymore. They're, they're yeah. going to miss a season or two. I mean, Derrick Henry, we were talking about him earlier missed most of his last season because of injury. And I, yes, I, I do think it, it when healthy. Derrick Henry is the best running back in football. I've always said though, his running style, I worry about its ability to hold up long-term. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's taken a lot, a lot of hits that he brings on himself. Uh, I, I just think that sometimes that can really wear on a player and you can see some injuries and, and he's a taller guy too. You know, guys are going to start cutting some legs and they already do on him. Uh, and so I, I wonder if you're going to start seeing some lower leg injuries for him that start piling up. And I, I don't know, saw that with uh, Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. as his season cut or his career started closing out there. But Derek coming in here saying Javante Williams definitely gets a thousand yards rushing. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that too much. It's it's not completely a big challenge to get a thousand yards. I mean, Broncos almost had two thousand yard carry Bronco, or running backs last year alone. Yep. They were, I think, both within like 50 yards or so. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Also, Derek says that Jerry Judy shuts up his critics this season. One way to do that, stay out of trouble and uh, put up stats and play well. You know, that's really, it's that simple. And we're all hoping that he does, Um, but we'll see. Uh, Derek also saying, is anyone worried about the Chargers secondary? I think the Chargers secondary is the second best in the division. I would not put them over the Broncos secondary. I don't know if you saw Pro Football Focus's article recently on uh, press coverage in the uh, last season, but Ronald Darby and Patrick Sertan were like consistently one of the top five, both of them, one of the top five cornerbacks in football last season. Uh, But this Chargers secondary on paper is pretty good. Um, I think Daniel Jeremiah today was saying that he's putting his money down now for Derwin James to be defensive player of the year, playing behind a good defensive line that can actually keep guys off him for the first time in his career. Uh, they also have a Nasir Adderley. They spent a big pick on JT Woods. They paid big money to retain uh, Michael Davis last year. They drafted Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round last year. And then, of course, paid uh, JC Jackson big money. So I think that's the Chargers secondary is probably closer to the top 10 than they are bottom 10 in the league right now. Yeah scared though i mean worried i think they have a chance here's a question for you carl who's gonna have the best defense in the division i think right now it's the chargers or the broncos and it could be yeah. either of them i don't know i think the chargers i trust uh khalil mack and joey bosa far more than i trust bradley chubb and randy gregory and that might be the deciding factor for me right i, I trust the broncos secondary more than the chargers but i trust the chargers front seven more than i do the broncos yep is how i would put it and i mean if you combine those two groups together that's number one defense in football right now. Yep. But you're 100%. right. There's both teams have some questions on injuries, but the injuries are in different spots. So, like I said, I'm I'm interested to see who can stay healthy. 
-hmm. I think the healthier unit ends up being the best unit. Yep, and Chris Hernandez coming to support saying, go Broncos, go Chris. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Derek also makes the point that Bryce Callahan joined there. If Bryce will yep. be healthy, that's another really good piece for them in that secondary. I mean, him or Asante Samuel could be a really good slot player for them in that defense. I think Asante Samuel can play boundary, given how much off coverage you're going to see from Brandon Saley. So Chargers are a good team on paper. We'll see how it plays out this year. We'll see how good of a coach Brandon Staley is beyond just a schemer. You know, is he Vic Fangio 2.0 where – He's so focused on the defense that kind of loses the forest through the trees kind of thing. We'll see. Um, the final team here, uh, Graydon here, talking about the AFC West. Luckily, they're all kind of together alphabetically. Kansas City Chiefs still get a very good grade this offseason. It's unfortunate. Uh, all AFC West teams did pretty well. Chiefs probably kicked back the most, though, because they did get worse this season. Moving on from Tyreek Hill. So offseason grade of a B plus. Free agency grade is just average. However, they do get a draft graded of an A plus, which, which hurts. So that much more... That means that Kansas City, they may be falling back to the pack this season somewhat, but still their futures look pretty good if a pro football focus is right about their draft grade. Uh, so pro football focus said that with the rest of the league spending like crazy and loading up on elite players, Kansas City chose to go in another direction, parlaying Tyree Kill into as many draft picks as they could five rather than paying him 30 million a year. Like you said, Carl, um, it's a sound strategy from a process point of view, but that doesn't mean it will automatically work out. Absolutely. Uh, no receiver influences defenses as much on every snap as Hill does, and replacing that won't be easy. Skymore in the draft, in addition to Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency is a nice combination on paper, but the proof will be on Sundays. The Chiefs made the most of their draft bounty, however, hitting on elite value with almost every pick relative to PFF's big board. Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis in the first round all alone represented a surplus value of 30 picks in terms of where they got those guys. The value continued throughout the draft, and if those players are as good as they seem to be on paper, that's the kind of haul that justifies trading away one of the best playmakers in the league and is how smart teams remain in contention for a long time to come. So Chiefs, kind of what we said, trading Hill is a green understanding that 2022, you might be falling back to the pack just a little bit, uh, but you give yourself more options to evolve, change the way you're playing football and uh, change your contract, uh, change your salary cap structure to build the team going forward. Cause paying as much as they're paying Chris Jones, paying as much as they're paying Patrick Holmes and then Tyreek Hill on top of it really kind of bottlenecks what you can do uh, in terms of roster building. Right. When you get top heavy, it, it gets tough to compete. You're signing a lot of guys that are pretty replaceable. I mean, the, the Rams got pretty fortunate last year. They're a pretty top-heavy team yep. that those guys didn't get injured. You know, you yep. lose one of those guys, things can begin to spiral real quick. And the Chiefs made the decision. We don't want to go that direction. And and I don't blame them. I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with the decision. I, Tyreek Hill is special. He really is. But he is getting up there in age. I think I, – I say up in age, 28. <laughs> but really, there, there's not many great receivers past age 30. And yep. speed, once that he starts losing some of that speed, what what does he become? We'll have to see as, as he evolves there in Miami, I guess. <laughs> but getting the haul that they did, they at least got value back. Yeah. And like I said, now they can kind of play a little bit with what they're going to do structure-wise for the entire roster. I like the players that they drafted, unfortunately. Or I guess I should say I hated the players they drafted because they, they are players I think will be good. But you're right, this first year it's going to take a while for some of those guys to adjust. And, and so I, I could see them having some struggles and having that first place schedule. They, they got a tough schedule. I yeah, think, what was it? The, the first eight games of the year, every single team had a winning record last year. Yep. 
I think so. That's a really tough schedule. The first place schedule in the AFC West on top of having to play the NFC West this season on top of the AFC West in general. So uh, yeah, Kansas city has a tough schedule. I think I saw somebody predict them going nine and eight this season. I don't think that's even a testament to them being bad. I think that's as much as the schedule being really tough. And that's where the Broncos playing the AFC South. Can you imagine if they got paired up with the AFC North as well or something like that? Like who could have been worse. So uh, lucky for that. Um, but yeah, Carl, um, we're wrapping up here. Just a few minutes left. Any final thoughts here? Anything that um, you last word as far as the PFF grades for the offseason? Well, I I think they're pretty spot on. I really do think everybody in the AFC West did pretty darn good considering their their situations. And, you know, everybody went pretty far in. Yep. They want to win. There's no team that's sitting there saying, okay, all these other teams did this. We're going to back off. We're going to get as much draft capital as we can. And and we're going to compete for the next, you know, maybe four or five years down the road. That's not what any of these teams did. They said, nope, we're, we're going to win now. And uh, so, I mean, it's going to make those games fun. I really think the NFL did a disservice by not having every one of those games be prime time. I understand they can't do that, but like that, that'd be my thing of, I'd say we got to do it. These are the games that are going to attract everybody that's going to want to watch them. And uh, so I, I'm excited for it. And it's just exciting to be talking about the Broncos being in that kind of contention again. Obviously, that's it's been a long time. You know, we, we've tried to kind of be optimistic, but in the back of our minds, we kind of knew eh, there's a good chance the Broncos are not great this year. No. That's not in the back of my mind this year. Uh, yeah, no, the back of my mind is how long does it take for all this newness to get settled? Uh, after that, going to be time to go, but... Hopefully it doesn't take too long. Even if it does take a little bit, though, I wouldn't worry too much. I mean, the, the what was it, Tampa Bay a few years ago flirting around 500, and then uh, they won game after game after game all the way to the Super Bowl. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, that's going to have to do it today for building the Broncos. We're going to get on out of here. Make sure you're following Carl on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also clay actually, which just as we're getting out of here coming in saying evening guys just got home from work. Remember guys, smash that like button and share. Uh, what a way to top off my night. Thanks guys. Well, Clay, hopefully you can go back and listen as well. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you coming in and also saying great show guys way to top off our night. Uh, Clayton, we appreciate that. Um, also make sure you're following us on Twitter at BTB. Where to go at BTB football pod, as well as at mile high huddle. As you mentioned earlier, check out the swag, the gears over at huddle at pod.com. A lot of good things there. Uh, gators shirts mugs hats etc etc i love the caricature of uh zach and chad i thought they looked like that in real life um so I, that's a shocking to me that they aren't caricature no i'm just, just kidding I'm, I'm sure chad is uh rolling over right now at that one but make sure you're checking that out also check us out at facebook.com forward slash maha huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash maha huddle finally if you haven't done so yet please subscribe like and share over on youtube obviously the best thing you can do to support us is hitting us with uh, super chats, super likes, super thanks, which you can do after the show as well. Uh, but after that, not everybody's in a position where they can be financially contributing to the show. But if you can't do that, please, please, please make sure you're clicking the thumbs up, heart react, whatever. We got the care react coming in here from Chase Wellner. Shout out, Chase. Good to see you, Chase. Um, give us a reaction on the way out and please like and subscribe to our show over on YouTube. Uh, Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like besides uh, chasing thunderstorms and uh, tornadoes? <laughs> uh, probably going to go see how the kids are doing and the wife, get them all tucked in for bed. And then I might do a, a little bit of a workout. My my son and I, I talked about last week of the race that we're doing. We start it tomorrow. So got to get myself limbered up and ready to <clears throat> keep up with that kid. 
I'm pretty sure he can outrun me right now. So uh, I, awesome. I've got a, a journey ahead of me to, to try to keep up with my son. Yeah. What about you, man? I um, think I'm going to cook dinner tonight and probably write an article for Chad. So there I'm going to be busy the next few days. I'm going down to Portland on Friday for a concert. Saturday, uh, it's a friend's birthday party. Sunday is another friend's birthday party. And then Monday, I got tickets to the Mariners game. So I need to work <laughs> while I have a chance to sit down and get it done. So appreciate you guys. Everyone have a great rest of your night. Uh, we'll see you live on Scott's channel tomorrow morning. And uh, obviously, um, Huddle Up podcast tomorrow, Wednesday evening. We appreciate you. Stay safe. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.